Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. What's up, everybody? My name is Alex. And I'm Nick. You're listening to The Thread, presented by Ronnie Scott and Hennessy. On SohoRadioLondon.com. Everything Scatter. Why did we play Everything Scatter by Fela Kuti? Well, we played it because three years ago, in 2017, I believe it was in March, we had a drummer guest on our show, an artist, we, uh, a strapping young lad. It was, I believe it was the first time I ever spoke to him more than a couple minutes. And this, well, this lad is here with us today. It's the first time we've ever had somebody back on the show. It's taken 88 shows to invite someone back. And he's the first one. It's the one. It's the only. You know who it is. It's Fela Kuti. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, of, all, of all the interviews I've ever done and all the intros I've ever been given, that one was the best one, my brother. There Thank it you. Is. There I'm, I'm honoured to be the first repeat offender. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. And that track, that's everything scattered because I went back and listened to our interview from three years ago. God, we all sounded so young. Oh, is it? I need to listen back to that. Impressionable. You know? Yeah, it's but all that, changed now. That was one of the tracks you chose. And, um, and yeah, Fela Kuti. I mean, still... Still such an influence, right? Still still a hero of mine, still discovering music by him. His discography is so vast, you you you, you can never really exhaust it, do you know what I'm saying? Which is yeah. I think one of the marks of a really great musician. You get that with like Coltrane or Miles. Yeah. You're still like, oh snap, I didn't know this existed yeah. and then you yeah. vibe to it and it's like, yeah, it's an absolute banger. So yeah, he's still a hero of mine. I still listen to him every day. I still play him on every DJ set I've got to play and blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? He's he's the realist, do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's a legacy that's not going anywhere. They're still celebrating celebration every October in Nigeria. They're still throwing parties at the shrine. Yeah. His yeah. legacy's lived through both of his sons and now his yeah. grandson as well. So, you know. His grandson's playing out now. Yeah, so Femi Kuti's son, Made Kuti, is the bass player on the gig for Femi Kuti, but then yeah. alongside that, he writes and composes, and we got to become friends because we studied at Trinity together, oh, wow. which is where his grandfather went, Trinity yeah. School of Music. So yeah, he's a bad man as well. So wow. yeah, that's a legacy that won't go anywhere, do you know what I'm saying? Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'll do a quick recap of three years ago because I feel like yeah. so much has changed, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you've been on such a, a journey musically, but also just I don't know as a as a spokesperson for yeah. all sorts of you know issues in our community and all sorts of things like that. So, just a quick bullet points. Right, because listening back to the interview, <laughs> we talked about you were just about to headline Ronnie's. Crazy. We talked about your influences, obviously, Fella, all the all your drummer heroes from Max yeah. Roach to Art Blakey to the the modern greats like Chris Dave and Kareem Riggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We talked about the church. Mm-hmm. We talked about how Moses Boyd looks 15. Look, yeah, still <laughs> looks 15. I don't know if that's he changed. He looks about 16, 16 and a half now, but he's still there. <laughs> we talked about how healthy the UK scene was and how it was supportive rather than yep. um, competitive. Maybe that's changed. Maybe we can get into that. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Glastonbury and festival culture and how, yeah. how strong it was. Although you'd had a nightmare getting there. It was 14 hours yeah, yeah. stuck in traffic. Oh my goodness me. Yeah, that happened. That definitely and happened. And we could talk about, actually, maybe we could start with that because that was so such a big thing last summer, wasn't mm, it? Mm, mm. You you slightly upgraded would be putting it uh, very yeah. uh, under underselling it in terms <laughs> of the stage. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about so, that pre- experience? Previously, so when we were speaking, that might have been my first Glastonbury. No, there was a year gap. So uh, in the last four years, I've played at Glastonbury three times. Yeah, and the first two years was the West Holt Stage Bar. So that would be in between acts where everyone goes and gets their drinks that's the place where you yeah. can hear like a little live music thing yeah. and the first year we ever played Glastonbury we played on like a Thursday evening an Ezra Collective set in the West Holt Stage Bar yeah. and I remember just I fell in love with the festival immediately I mm. was like this is this is something else in it I've been to the other festivals but this is this is the one this is this is really I've, I've, I've arrived do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. this is home and then the second the following so a guy called Gillen mm-hmm. who he booked us for the first West Holt stage bar show that we ever did. Loved it. And as a result of that, a bunch of people became Ezra Collective fans, even though the, the capacity of the bar is probably about 200 yeah. at tops. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. half of them will be buying drinks and not really listening too tough. Mm. So then the following year, got asked to play at the West Holt stage bar again. By the way, this isn't like, it's not a paid gig or anything. You get yourself there, you get yeah. yourself back. Yeah. But they've got yeah, like right. a, yeah, they, they got a drum kit and a bass amp. That's all we needed. Yeah. You know, we, beg another band for their yeah. keys and we keep it moving do you know what i mean so we played there the second time yeah more so because of the love of the festival yes. that was really where the energy yeah. came from the love of playing the love like i got the opportunity to watch my heroes do the pyramid right. stage and the west right. holt stage mm. and then the third year now that's when it all changed when i got an email like do you want to play Glastonbury? And I was like, yeah, man, good to go. Back at the bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, no, can you play the West Holt stage? And then it's like, wow, incredible. And then yeah. part of how I like to do the Ezra Collective show is I like to be super reactive with everything. Like, I'll just yes. say what's happened to me that day or just say on stage mm-hmm. how I feel right now. Always a little anecdote about, you know, this is how I feel right now. That's why I'm saying this. And I got on stage, I remember in all these big TV cameras shining and pointing right in your face. And I know my parents are watching and my nan's watching. Yeah. And and all I could say was, you know what, yeah, the last two years we played right over there. And I pointed at the West Holt stage bar because, of course, you can see it, it's right next yeah. to it. Mm. And so it was just like a really beautiful visual moment of like how far things had come in such a short space of time that we were in the bar two years mm-hmm. in a row. And then we can play the main stage. And so, it's, uh, this is hilarious. But I then told Glastonbury, basically the festival, one of the conditions that I had to play the West Holt stage was you have to let me play the bar again. And they were like, well, no way, because that's going to mess up everything. I was like, well, we need to play the bar, because that's how we got there. <laughs> they were like, cool. yeah. please, can you do it unannounced? I was like, unannounced is fine, but right. I still want to play it. So the Thursday night at the Glastonbury, where we did the main the main yeah. West Holt stage, we still played in the bar again. Well done. And it was rocking, man. It was, was it a late yeah. thing? or It was <laughs> it's hilarious. It was at midnight on the Thursday night. Yeah. 
And the West Holt stage area, I guess, is where like all of the, I like jazz, I like funk, I like soul. It's that area, Glastonbury. So there's a lot of Israelites in the area anyway. And then Israelites. we started playing. <laughs> we started playing. And I remember a bunch of people peeking in to see, oh, DJ's playing Ezra. And then looking and being like, and just getting their phones out and calling people. And so about halfway into the set, the whole place was absolutely rammed with people. Like, I can't believe we're getting a gig before the gig. And we played the, a whole completely different... I didn't play a single song that we were going to play the next time on the stage because we wanted to mix it up. Keep it stuff. fresh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. I think we just played fellow cootie tunes for an hour. Yeah. And then... That's sick. Yeah, DJed think, for three hours after or something. I think you, you bring up something that I'll say about Ezra. Is you said, you know, we're doing this bar. It only holds a few people, but, you know, we made a lot of fans from it. And I think that's because your, your live shows are so engaging. You say you wanted to... You always be sure to say something that's on your mind that day. And I'll say, like, I, I took my brother and his wife to the Roundhouse to see you guys. Oh, last cool, time we played the Roundhouse. Cool, cool, cool. They were only in town for a few days. They're from California. I was like, you got to see this. This is London. It's yeah. a historic venue in London. It's right up the road. That's my man, Femi. You're going <laughs> to love this band. I know you're going to love this band. And they're not like, they love going to concerts and stuff, yeah. but they're not like music heads. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, and sure enough, yeah, they loved it. They checked it out. They they were on your website the next day to see when you're coming to California and stuff. And I think that kind of says it all because, you know, there's not many instrumental bands that just draw people in straight away like that. Yeah, man. And uh, so good on you, man. No, good I appreciate it. I feel like just the journey taught us to do that because we just were playing all the time, like every opportunity to play. Pub in South London, let's go bar in central london let's go wedding let's play everything yeah. like i just wanted to play all the time and I, I i just love live music like i get a buzz from it anytime yeah. i'm anywhere i always want to see the band that's playing in the club even like ronnie scott's for example i was there every single wednesday tuesday for years like yeah. do you know what i mean just i love watching it yeah and you start to to get a real taste for what you love and what i loved was inclusive feelings. Like, I love it when whoever's on stage makes me feel like they are You're here them. for yeah. me and we're here together. Mm. When I think about, like, when I watched the Wooten Brothers, that was the last yes. show I watched in yes. Ronnie's. The whole time, I felt like he was just talking to me about yeah. their story and their vibe yeah. and they weren't taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. Stevie Wonder at Hyde Park, it was so real when the brother was Every, just like... Everybody talks about that gig, you know? That gig was different, yeah, fam. It yeah, was so yeah, real yeah. when he was just like, yo, I've got a bad throat today. I was like, that's so real, man. He's still <laughs> yeah. here struggling through yeah. the songs and that's rock and roll, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Or Kamasi Washington, like, I've seen him in so many different contexts. Like, I've seen him at All Points East Festival, yeah. North Sea Jazz Festival. But when I saw him in Tokyo... It was so different because he was, was just like, I love this place. And it was a personal moment. Yeah. And I like to think if someone has taken the time to, you know, wait online, buy a ticket, yeah. get the train and turn up to a venue, mm. the least I could do is make it about their day. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's the mm. energy I try and come with with those shows. Wanna, I wouldn't mind talking to you about uh, the energy you bring to the Georgia Smith gig because mm. for me, I know you as Femi from Ezra. And yeah. Every time we've hung, we've hung out, we've done some... You know, I've been with you abroad, not with Ezra, with with Nubai, and then with your with your band when we with went the to the lads in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that again, look man. My bro, <laughs> <laughs> look at my eyes. <laughs> we're like, we're gonna do it again. It needs to happen uh, as, again. Soon, as soon as we <laughs> play a song, I'll, I'll get you the date. It's, <laughs> All right, it's, it's gonna I happen need, again. We need some details. Yeah, but for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> but I I know you as you know that's that's the Femi I know. That's yeah. how I met you. That's where I've been around. You want to talk about the kind of the ups and downs of doing those massive pop tours or, or yeah. what, what what the Georgia gigs like? Yeah, I mean, um, sick question. 
So I, I've always felt that my role, wherever I am, is to be as femicoliosa as possible. It's the only thing I really know how to do really well. So there are certain types of gigs where you're molding into something else to make it sound good. And, you know, that session energy, do you know what I'm saying? But I've never seen myself really as a session musician. I'm a band member. And I definitely see my role in Georgia Smith. I see myself as a band member. But my energy in that show is to make Georgia sound as incredible as humanly possible. Whatever I can do to make it gas up. If she's just, you know, if she's been singing 15 nights in a row and her throat's a bit sore, mm. that is the day that I'm going to take the Bring attention the away a little yeah. bit and smash the drums out. If yeah. she's like incredible vocal performance Georgia which she always is then that's the day when I'm like this moment is about her and it's yeah. the same energy when it's like when Joe's playing a solo in Ezra Collective all I care about in that moment is making Joe sound as incredibly good as possible yeah. like, it doesn't take much with that man does it yeah sometimes you can just <laughs> sit down and let it happen do you know what I mean <laughs> but I'm always trying to push and that's that's the energy I got with that gig mm. and I learned so much about music I learned so much about myself so much about Ezra Collective by being on tour with Georgia and some of the dreams that I have for Ezra is because I've got this person that I'm so inspired by that has done a lot of it before we have. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? So I, when Georgia smacked up Coachella a couple of years ago, I was like, I need to do this gig with Ezra Collective. And now that I've got it... That's, As the yin and yang. Do you know what I'm of, saying, yeah. fam? Mm. Like, it's like Georgia... Georgia got nominated for a Mercury Prize and suddenly it became a dream of mine and Georgia's mm. won a Brit and it's become a dream of mine. And it's not because I envy her in any way, but I just rate her so highly. I want to walk in them footsteps. I get gassed like the last USA tour we did, probably about 70% of the venues I'd been to before because I'd done the same tours with Georgia. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So then you think about some of the, the other venues like Greek Theatre or Madison Square Gardens. Right. And it's like, Georgia played here, why can't we? Do you know what I'm saying? And right. that's that's definitely the energy I've got with it. What's some of the, what's your favourite places to play in the States? Oh, so Greek theatre was pretty special just because I recognise it from every film that ever yeah. has a music section seems to use that venue. They must have good licensing laws or something. But <laughs> Greek, Greek theatre is pretty special. Uh, New York has some killing venues. Brooklyn Steel is like yeah. rocking Williamsburg what's it called like Hall Williamsburg Music Hall yeah. is a beautiful venue um, I'm a big fan of uh, I got to do so I s Georgia supported Bruno Mars for a tour so I got to see what stadiums look like in yeah. America and Brooklyn what's it called Brooklyn Cent Barclays Centre in Brooklyn was you know that's alright as a venue yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean it was nice um, uh, some of those venues were really special. Stape, was it Staples? Staples no, we didn't play Staples. We played the Forum, and that was really beautiful. So it's been nice to see a whole scale of, mm. and it's an intense number of shows that they that they have you out on, isn't it? I mean, do you have touring coping strategies? Because flying and yeah, hotels, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, it sounds it's that classic thing. It sounds so glamorous, but it's <laughs> got to be a hard slog. Sometimes. Yeah, there's nothing glamorous about sharing a room with eight boys in a Holiday Inn. <laughs> absolutely jet lagged out your skull but, <laughs> but yeah no i definitely do have coping mechanisms i started running yeah, as a coping right. mechanism on tour because uh. no one can contact me and i can just think on my own so i started doing that started learning how to enjoy cities 
Yeah. You know, I you know, I look for my favorite restaurants in every yeah, city right. and try new things and I always go to record stores mm. and try and make friends with a record store owner because they always yeah. know where I can watch good live music. And I've got the older I get and the more I tour, the better I've got of an appreciation for when I need to be with people and when I need to be on my own. Yes. And the better you can learn that, the more you mm. learn to cope, mm. you know. Not every day off has to be a big gang right. hurrah like That's we it. all yeah, yeah. have to That's roll it. out together yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's some days off where it's like we need to have dinner together and yes. not talk about music so yeah. some days off you know I've just got the confidence to be like my brothers yeah. <laughs> I will see you tomorrow at soundcheck yeah. and then I do my own thing and some yeah. days off I'm like guys I've just found out that a local football team has their derby I've bought five <laughs> I'm tickets going. I'm going He's are coming. you coming with me to watch El Paso Locomotives do you know what I mean like so that's my vibe really yes. that's my vibe yes. so yeah that's we the coping mechanism we haven't touched on football are we gonna are we gonna we, we could well, well we'll think about it Just maybe we'll careful. do it off air think about the clock because we will go yeah. all night yeah and actually compared to three years ago what's changed <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we we'll just leave it there. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's for anyone listening that isn't familiar with Ezra Collective. Maybe we should hear a track off yep. the album. Um, yep. Was there any one that you'd like to hear, Femi, or should we choose one? Yeah, you choose one. Well, That's let's cool. let's go for Quest for Coin, shall we? Can you yep. get that one up, Alex? That was Quest for the Coin. Uh, we've spent that whole break talking about football now we won't bore you with that but but what i will say what i will say because I, I i imagine there's not a, a ton of you know football heads listening to the show but yo yo wait wait but in but jazz I, there's a few of us yeah they you and dex joy, joy webb dexter dexter's about dexter's it. on the right, right side of history he knows as what well. color north london exactly. is let's put it that way <laughs> so what but i want it was you had a big moment uh, doing something for professional football. That must have been a, a real accomplishment for you. But if, kind of a weird question: D- Does sports have any sort of um, influence in your life and what you bring to your day to day and what you bring to your your craft? That's a that's a very good question. I think a lot of my music and the music that I write and put out is very very unashamedly London. Yes, and a big part of my London life is the Gunners and that whole energy, and especially when you write an album about joy, though there were few and far between, some of those moments of joy and happiness that I've experienced have been as a result of things that have happened in football. I also think the reason I'm such a huge football fan is because I get an attachment of identity from Arsenal. To me, Arsenal is North London where I grew up. That's why it's a thing when they lose and a thing when they win. I'm not necessarily supporting this team because it's a collection of 11 players or like half of them I'm not actually a fan of at the moment but like (laughs) it's more I attach it to being from North London it was one of the first things I was told about myself in the same way I support this team I was told you know you're from London I've got no proof for that but I was just kind of told by my parents you're a Londoner Mm. this is North London you're in Enfield you're an Arsenal fan (laughs) that's you know you're Nigerian this is it was all part of that in yeah. the same I didn't have a choice I didn't choose Arsenal I yeah. was just kind of brought so I attach it to my identity and my identity comes out in my music do you know what I'm saying yeah. and any hint of a football player that likes Ezra that, that means a lot innit I'm happy about that do you yeah. know what I'm saying 
any just musician. Just recognize what team it is, you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, I just hear that. Like, any musician that I hear likes Ezra, it always feels good. Like, oh, da da da's into Ezra. Oh, that's cool. Da da da's into Ezra. Oh, they're great. I love their album. This football player likes Ezra. Oh my gosh, we gotta get in contact. See if we could do anything. Come down the round house. Just send, give them send all the guest list, now. all the yeah. guest list for them too. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the vibe. Wow, wow. Um, how's the rest of the band doing at the moment? Joe's doing a lot of stuff. I feel over. like he goes on tour. Yeah. He might even be today or something. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know what's interesting? We don't actually see each other an awful lot mm. after a three-month tour. You kind of. I'm kind of happy not to see anyone, yeah, do you know course, what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, no, people are doing well. Um, promo tends to be a good opportunity to connect in small dosages. Mm. And then you let people get into the other headspaces that they're in because I think a big part of Ezra Collective is what everyone's doing outside of Ezra yes. Collective and we bring that together, be it TJ and myself being really heavily involved in the church or yep. James Mollison being in Cicada or Joe yep. having his own project and playing with the bio. And all of those different energies kind of feed back into the collective moment. Yes. And you're trying yeah. to, I'm trying to hear what you've been listening to on tour. And I'm trying to find out from TJ, what have you been mm. getting from the kids that you're teaching instruments mm. and stuff and bring that all together. And that's the energy. So yeah, I'm about it, man. That's wicked, man. Speaking of which, I mean, last time you name checked guys like Quake Bass and Nubaya, mm -hmm. and it was kind of the big, not the beginning, but it was the, the UK contemporary scene was kind of bubbling. Mm -hmm. Now it's very firmly kind of, matured and yeah. you know you're all getting gigs in Coachella and all these great mm -hmm. festivals and it's, it's really really great to see um what what are you what are you looking out for in 2020 artist wise who, who are you uh, tipping that's a that's a really that's a really in any genre question um I'm I'm quite excited generally speaking by a lot of the producers mm. that are working around the uk i also i'm quite excited by how phasic music can be some people look at it as a negative as like grime was in fashion and then kind of went somewhere and mm. then and then you know jazz is in fashion and is it going to dip or survive yeah but i feel like broken beat uk sound hasn't been on the forefront for a long time mm. and i'm intrigued to see where some of that stuff goes i'm intrigued to see where yusuf's use yeah. this broken beat vibration yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's going to influence the future of produ production in the uk i mean the yusuf tom mish album something i'm looking forward to yeah right and i'm looking forward to that tour do you know what i'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm ready to hear some of that yeah and getting just into rocco rocco's playing with yes. that band I'm, I'm about that so i'm definitely about that and then of course you know as much as she was a thing three years ago. We still ain't had a full Nubaya Garcia album, yes. and I ain't heard one yet. And I've, I'm excited about that. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? And where where that's gonna go? I I watched Kokoroko yeah, at right. the Roundhouse last night, and and it was incredible. It was so yeah. special. I'm but such I, a fan of Sheila, man. Yeah, she's she's bad. And how man. far have they come? Because you, you had them support they you supported at the us at Islington Islington. Assembly Hall, and they played roundhouse in the round and i love that in the round yes. setting it's beautiful i played there last year with fatima like in that round thing and i'm about it and like i feel like ezra collective represent one of few that has a full album out yeah and i'm waiting for all of these albums now and i'm yeah, excited yeah. that it's taken people a long time because that shows to me that there is no forceful hand of the industry making things happen, mm. but people are taking their time and spending time on their craft and that. Yeah, so and that's Nubai, you mentioned Nubai. I know she was she was very conscious of that, which is good. You yeah, know? man, I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to wait yeah. for an album. 
Mm. We had to wait a while for... Talib Kweli wrote something about Lauren Hill a long time ago mm-hmm. when everybody was... I don't know. Her name came up again and people were talking about it and he wrote this this blog saying she doesn't owe you anything. Yeah. She gave you miseducation. What yeah. more do you need? Yeah, I What more do you need from her? Like, yeah. you know, it's not really your business, this record, mm-hmm. this record thing. That was her record that she gave to you that cleaned up the awards yeah, exactly. and is a timeless record so exactly. she could never sing a note again. Was that it? in response to the Glasgow No, that was, that that was, was long else. before. That oh, was okay. long before. Me, yeah, so okay. Glasgow had a blog to write about that as well. See, I kind of saw both of the sides on that. Yeah, this is a separate thing before all that. But, but, Let's not get into that. Yeah, let's not get into that. I just do see both sides of that coin as well. Um, <laughs> Goodness me, that was a big coin, though, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> it was. It was a big deal. Um, I lost my place there. What? What? what, what, oh. what yeah, gone. Uh, we, you were talking about music being in phases, and mm-hmm. you, I, I'm interested. You know, we've we've talked about Jay Dilla a lot yeah. in the past, and like what Jay Dilla did has stained contemporary music forever i mean it, yeah. it is now like that that it's beat a sound that's a sound and it's there and We've i feel like it'll always it'll yeah. always yeah. be fresh and that's dope yeah and i wonder if in 10 years time we're going to be talking about some of some of the groove based stuff that happens here i was listening to yeah. this really nerdy music theory podcast the other day and they were dissecting a steam down groove nice and like steam down doesn't have an album out yeah and i was yeah. like wow and they were yeah. talking about it being a london sound and i wonder if in 10 years time we're going to be sitting here talking about that i kind think of thing. i think yeah. the proof of that will will be what happens with time and the decisions that are made within the the community i guess it's all going to be about does the the lust for success manipulate the sound or do you hold your ground and produce what you think is soulful and beautiful and i'm not going to stand here and say that the 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 dangling lights that are shown in front of your eyes aren't going to be hard hard to be tempted by when you get a big major label throwing a lot of money at you but they say they want the feature they want 10 features on 10 tracks yeah. Is that you or is that what you're looking for? Do you know what I'm saying? Features are great. I love them. They're on our record. But there's something special about Ezra Plays with no singer or rapper. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like legacy basically is is, is something that you, you judge over time. I think a legend is like in the moment and a legacy is what they left using that moment. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it'll be it'll be a judgment that's made over time, but like in the same way I didn't ever have three years ago I didn't have any doubts of how far this could get I still don't have any doubts about how far this could go do you know what I'm saying mm. Mm. I still look at mm. legends and heroes and think there's no reason why we one day we one day might not be, we might be able to stand up 10 Ezra Collective records against 10 Herbie Hancock records and we both attribute them to a seriously important place in jazz do you hear what I'm saying uh-huh. I don't see why we can't one day look at a Nabaya Garcia record and say, this is 2020's answer to a Love Supreme in 59. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't really eulogize the past in that way. I just see it as a almost like it was a journey at one point. Yeah. John Coltrane had to think about himself in that yeah. way to produce that music and we yeah. need to tap into yeah. that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, does it stand the test of time? I mean, we did this thing last year for Ronnie's 60th. We did the 60, Jazz 60 playlist. And so we consulted all all people from the industry and mm-hmm. people that knew about it. And we wanted to have the last 60 years. And I was very passionate that we needed to have a lot of representation from the last 10. Yeah. And so albums like Black Focus, Yusuf Kamal made it in there. Needs to be there. Black Radio, <laughs> Black Radio, Robert Glasper, Esperanza's records, yeah. Gregory Porter's records. Yeah. And you think, 
these records are only a few years old, but you but they've stood the test of time already, 100%, 100%. and they're so influential. I put those kind of records. I put them in jazz legendary albums. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see. Put them up next to the Sidewinder, Lee Morgan. Hundred percent, fam. Because you listen to Black Radio, and everyone was that like, album, "Oh yeah. snap!" Straight this away, this is different, in it. This is jazz, but I'm hearing a lot of Dilla and Erica Badu's on it, like, and you you heard the sound of jam sessions everywhere change after that album came out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, fam? And I don't see why why we can't strive to be yeah. mentioned in that in that vein. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yep. And I'm positive that we will be because yep. I think there's a lot of great things that we're yet to do. Definitely, definitely. I'm just remembering Sons of Kemet made it on there as well, didn't it? Queen is a reptile. So. Queen is yeah. a reptile is, is, is a big one. We're talking a lot of influence or we're talking a lot of about music and, and time now. So should we play another track? Let's play another track. I tell yeah. you what, because, um, well, again, I listened back and was hearing about all your influences. Obviously, let's give you a three tracks to choose from we could go with art we could go with a piece of art blakey yeah we could go with a match max roach and clifford brown or we could go with chris dave and the drum heads oh i dare you <laughs> let me let me let me listen to some art blakey i want to hear some art blakey, art blakey. we're gonna go with evidence big tune <laughs> all right chris dave yeah hero I hear right. Have you seen him? You've seen him live a few come times. On, mate, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in deep. I'm in deep. Yeah. Are you guys mates? Huh? Are you guys mates? Yeah. Yeah, I got his number. Yeah. <laughs> we we talk, we talk, we talk. There's a good energy there. You know what? When we, when I played Love Supreme Jazz Festival with Ezra Collective, he sat down behind the drum kit and watched the whole show. Oh wow. From, yeah, that was very special. And then he promised me he would give me one of his symbols and I'm still trying to get it off. You him. know what's really crazy? It hasn't come out yet. You know Tom Ford? Guitarist. Guitarist. Yes, yes. Tom Ford. He plays with Ruben. He's a monster. Big plug Tom Ford right now. Monster musician. If you don't know, check him out. Yeah. He's doing the late, late February 18th after Wayne Krentz. Okay. Um, anyway, he he played with Chris Dave on Ruben James' session, and Chris said uh, Sharky wasn't available for a Europe tour, and he said, come do the gig, right? Sick. So he did this, this drumhead store. Yeah. Right? And then after, he's like, why don't you come do the Tiny Desk? And it's like, well, yeah. Sharky's on. He's like, yeah, you both do it. Wow. Mental. It's not out yet, but it's going to be out. And wow. he's got two guitars and this dude, Tom, you know, in Ruben's band, Birmingham Cat. That's killing, man. Yeah. I like that. And I like that. I think that's what jazz is all about. You've heard those stories throughout the history of jazz. Yeah. yeah. Of like, it's, so it's impulsive and then yeah, it's a gig and they meet. Up, and someone can make it. All right, yeah. go on. Do you know what it I mean? seems like there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of back and forth with London and some of the you know Makaya for example. Yeah, yeah I want Chicago, it to be London more thing, so yeah. more more so, but it seems to only be drummers connecting people up. So <laughs> why do you think that is? Because we're the nicest, we're the friendliest. <laughs> yeah, man, and we also the ones that need other people the most, isn't it? You're not really turning yeah. up to a solo drum gig, are you? True. Well, I'd be about, but like generally True. speaking, it's going to struggle to shift tickets. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, 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 man, but um. I think that's positive. I think that is the next step for jazz mu- moving forward. Forwards is the 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 LA New York London crossover. Yes. In the, like I'm trying to hear Ezra Collective with Glassbar. I'm trying to hear yeah. Shabaka with Chris Dave. I'm trying to hear. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to hear. Oh. Nubaya Garcia and Kamasi Washington go at it together. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I hope it does happen. I feel like this year should happen. Well, Kamasi's a big supporter of the of the UK scene, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, fam. Mm-hmm. He's always yeah. he's he's watched the gigs. He's he's jumped on shows 
with people and stuff and you know and thunder as well thundercat thundercat's always, always about here. Yeah. hero he, yeah. i feel like he half lives in london like mm. half of the time he seems yeah. to be about here yeah. um and another another person that i feel like i really hope that these these links are made do you know what i'm saying i'm trying to hear records that last forever yeah. of these collaborations do you know what i'm saying let's make it happen yeah, starting man. with femi times chris dave i'd love to hear oh, that my life <laughs> right, we haven't got too much. We haven't got too much more yeah. time, but um, yeah, which, where should we go? Final word. Yeah. Actually, maybe could we ask what, um, where people can check you out this year? Have you got gigs that you can talk mm. about? Yeah. Um, so my my heart and my plan this year was to really do a world tour. Mm. So so far announced is like Asia, Australia, and New Zealand, which kicks off late next month, about a month from now. With Desert Collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We take on that, and then. My heart really is to go to every continent and play some music, you know. So I'm trying to go to South America. Well, the venue's like in Antarctica. Oh man, yeah. Everyone's that's what everyone wrote. And <laughs> it's I a dry joke, yeah, isn't it? exactly. <laughs> no, don't worry. I get it every day, and I'm here for it. I am here for it. <laughs> and then I always quote the time that I was backstage in New York and the heating broke. That was as close ah, as I got to Antarctica. That's good. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to do South America with Ezra Collective. I'm trying to play in Europe. We just got announced for Jazz Peterson's. Mm. What's it called? We out here. We out here festival. Oh, nice. So I think we're doing that, and I'm trying to play in Europe and the UK as much as possible. Nigeria. I need to, sorry. Nigeria. I'm trying to make it happen, fam. But yeah. Nigeria isn't the beacon of organisation when it comes right. to. Organ, like organizing anything. Mm. Mm. Um, can you imagine the only visa I've ever had declined was for Nigeria? My really? name is Olufemi Kolioso. Yeah, really. And they still were just like, yeah. yeah. If you don't want to play in the bribe, come in. So yeah, man. So I'm trying to play in Nigeria. Trying to play in Africa for the first time with Ezra Collective. You got family mm. out there still? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I've got aunties and uncles all patiently mm. waiting yeah, right. for the Ezra for Collective. Waiting for the gig. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's really what I'm about. And the radio show, you because you do a show on Represent, right? Yeah, man. I'm I'm still rocking out with that. I love it. I love yeah. radio. I love interviewing. I'm doing interviews. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like essentially, I'm at a place in my life where I'm happy. I'm strong and healthy. I'm feel like I've got the energy to push this, do you know what I'm saying? So while you're in that place, and mm. I ain't got no kids, so I haven't got to worry about that at the moment. So while I'm in this place, you might That does well get just, real. You can yeah, ask us about it. Yeah, you know what I'm it. saying? I can imagine my schedule is going to change if I've got a two-year-old that's de- dependent on me being at home. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I mean, advice from two fathers, leave it as long as you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you don't need as many as you think. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't be more serious that. about anything in my life. <laughs> I love that Adam Buxton line. He's like, they go, how many kids you got? He's like, five. But to be honest, you don't need more than one. Yeah, I hear that. I totally totally hear that. Yeah, so taking the advice from my good brothers here, I'm just going to keep it going as long as possible. You'd be a great dad. I see you with the kids, you know, when you do the youth workshops at Ronnie's. I've seen you. Yeah, it would be jokes, man, but it needs to be the right time. Jokes, do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. (laughs) In a bit. Uh, Right, well, we're probably going to play a little bit of music and say goodbye unless there's anything... Yeah, absolutely. Let's finish with yeah. a track from the You Can't Steal My Joy album. Uh, maybe, Femi, you could choose. Yeah, do you know what I've been to listening to recently? I'm really proud of the track with Loyal Karna, What Am I To Do? Uh, yeah. One of one of the collaborations on the record. 
And like, yeah, I'm just a lover of that song. I still bang it out and I hear it around everywhere. And I feel like even when we were just talking about the connection between America and the UK, that was a connection that hasn't been made too tough, you know, like almost like a, a very, well, not known mainstream artist, you know, hip hop and he jumped on a jazz track and I'm I'm excited about those collaborations and I feel like those kind of things are going to make this movement last longer and longer, you know. So yeah, What Am I To Do by Ezra Collective featuring Loyal Kana. Thanks for coming down, Femi. Thanks for coming down, Femi. Thank you, Hennessy. Thank, Thank you, Soho Radio. Thank you, Nick Lewis. Thank you. Who am I? Who am I forgetting? That's, Anybody? That's good. That's so good. Everyone. Shout out, Bonnie Scotts. I'm fake. I'm so gassed that I'm the first returner guest, man. That's it. I appreciate that. When's the hat trick? Two, 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 two. Uh.